welcome to Subtitles On. You're here with G. And Fee. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about the investment process. So what we thought we would do is kind of give you a little bit of an overview of, I guess, how it normally runs from start to finish, and then a few little tips and tricks in terms of what types of things you should start to think about if you're about to go into your first raise. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, I feel like this week has been kind of a nice breather for doing a few things um, extracurricular, <laughs> if you will. Um, we're kind of pulling together a post-COVID playbook at Mark. And so I got the opportunity to write kind of like an intro to that playbook, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which has been really interesting and fun kind of to look at um, what kind of opportunities are out there post-COVID. So I've actually been really enjoying it. So it is amazing. And um, as one of Fee's biggest fans, I was completely <laughs> moved by this poem that she's written for the beginning of the um, this newsletter, which is going out. Um, it's actually kind of a, I guess, a video with the words of the poem and then Fee reading it out, um, which has got a landing page and so on. So I'm actually going to post it on our Instagram um, subtitles on so that everyone can share it but yeah I think it's just such a it's an amazing thing and it's just an amazing time I guess to start to think about well okay we've had this incredible um okay maybe incredible is the wrong word to describe this experience but we've had an experience the world's changed and so what's next yeah and I think as you point out in the newsletter the worst thing that we could do is pretend that none of this happened and not learn anything from it um, and so let's redesign the way that we work. Let's redesign the way that we live. Um, and let's like actually put some actually put some thought into what we want the world to be like. In more exciting news, yep. let's talk money. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Today is a really good opportunity to just give an overview of um, the investment process full stop. What we're talking about today really is going to ring true for all um, processes that you go through. And in a way, not just capital raise processes, but also if you ever decide to sell your company, the process is very similar in terms of the, the various steps that you go through. Cool. So if we start at the beginning, um, I guess the first question typically is, okay, what is the process that you're doing? So whether it's you're raising money or you're selling your business, it's the kind of why and what are you trying to achieve? Um, We often talk about this in our practice and always ask a client at the beginning, well, why? Why are you doing this and what do you want to get out of it? Exactly right. Like there are a million reasons as to why you want to raise money, but just having a general, oh, it says time in my business life cycle, I think I should raise money, isn't really the best reason. Correct. You want to think about, okay, what is this money going towards? How much do I need and why do I need it? Yeah. And have a basis for that because, look, at the end of the day, you're going to have to pitch why to someone at some point. Exactly. So think about it up, the, up front. Off the back of that, you need to start asking questions. If you're doing a raise, well, how much equity are you willing to give away? And, you know, for that 
amount of money that you're trying to raise. And and really that's then going to kind of formulate really what you how much you're valuing your company at. Now we're not going to go into valuation. Um, it's, it's a an, dark art. It's a dark art. <laughs> you can ask one person one day how much it is and you'll get a completely different answer tomorrow. Exactly. One of the things, though, I did want to talk about mm. is the language used around valuing, valuing yes. your company. So, gee, we hear the words pre-money and post-money all mm-hmm. the time. And it can be a bit confusing as to what you're actually talking about. Pre-money valuation and post-money valuation. Subtitles on pre-money valuation just refers to the value of your company before your capital raising. Post-money valuation refers to the value of your company after your capital raising. Really, pre-money just means how much um, your company is valued at before you get any investment. Exactly. So pre-money in the door, essentially. Exactly. The first step was the why. The why, the raise, how much you're raising, how much you're willing to give away. The second step is then, well, who are you going to be pitching this idea to? Who are the investors? Who are the people you want to be in business with? Who is it that you want to date for the rest of your business life? And make a list. It is very different in every round that you're doing as to who you're pitching to. Um, So if it is, as we talked about in our previous podcast. Um, If it's your pre-seed round, make a list of potentially your family and friends that you're going to be um, pitching to. Um, Very different from if you're in your Series C, you're making a list of probably venture capitalists or maybe private equity. Private equity. Um, But do that. Make that list. Do some research on each of your investors because as you have pointed out, Giselle, um, you are essentially entering a marriage with these investors, but in a business context. (laughs) And I think also it's important, um, I guess it's a combination of the why, but also when you're making this list of investors is to look at your business and say, okay, well, not only do I need money at this stage, but I need fill in the blank, whatever it is, someone to sit on the board and give me advice, or I need someone to introduce me to customers, or I need someone that's really good at marketing, or I need you know, whatever it is, there's a gap there. Start thinking about your investors as smart capital. Start thinking about, well, what is it that they have that they could also bring to the table? All right. So you've written a list of your investors and you know who you want to be going out and pitching to. The next step is creating a pitch deck. There's a million different words that we use to describe a pitch deck. Some people say I am, which is an information memorandum or investor presentation. Um, At the end of the day, it's essentially just a PowerPoint presentation and some digital presentation that you put behind you and speak to while you're pitching to investors. Um, And really what that has in it is your business in a few slides. Usually you're trying to solve a problem and you're showing to investors how you've solved that problem through your business. Um, You usually have things like your a snapshot potentially of, you know, where the business is at. If it's pre-revenue, maybe you don't have very many financials. If it's got, you know, you've sold a few things, put that in there. Um, Give them an intro as to who you and the team are. There are a few things we kind of say to watch out for when you're putting, for what you're putting into your pitch deck. 
and this seems obvious, but using misleading statements. Um, and that's, we kind of usually, our job will be going through and reviewing it to make sure there isn't anything in there that could be taken um, in a different way. Essentially, what you're showing and presenting to them, they're going to be taking at face value. So you want to make sure it's right. It can be verified. There's a reasonable basis for what you're saying in this pitch deck. Don't just pull things out of the air um, as hopes and dreams and present that as the truth. Yeah. I actually was on pitch decks and just generally on pitching, despite the fact that we um, have not pitched ourselves, nor do we hear pitches every day. (laughs) Um, On my way in, I was listening to this, one of my favorite podcasts, um, Work Life with Adam Grant, and it happened to be on the topic of authenticity. And it kind of made me think um, that it was quite relevant to what we're talking about today, because I think one of the biggest things that happens with founders is that when they go to pitch, the biggest piece of advice someone will say is, oh, just be yourself, which is absolutely right on one hand, but on the other hand can be entirely useless because (laughs) literally it's like, yeah, I don't know what myself is in front of a room full of venture capitalists. What does that mean? Um, And it kind of was going through just talking about um, what authenticity really means. Um, On one hand, it's saying, yes, you do want to show a bit about yourself to these investors and tell them who you are as a founder. But on the other hand, you're still in a presentation um, pitching to people. And so there's a professional version of yourself that you want to show, not maybe the um, Friday night drinks version of yourself. Mm. Um, and p- the point or the takeaway that I really liked from it was um, how to show vulnerability. And what they were saying is you actually have to build some kind of credibility up front. Mm. So um, show your investors that you know what you're talking about, you know your business, and you're confident in that. Only then when you have built that credibility, does it make sense to at that point show some vulnerability. And vulnerability is a really good way of showing authenticity. So at that point, can you go, okay, I'm going to let you in a little bit and tell you a bit about who I am or how I'm feeling in this you know, yeah. circumstance. But really make sure you're showing that vulnerability at a time that you've already um, impressed them. Yeah. So I think the next thing to talk about is the data room. Now, here's a fun fact for all our listeners. We originally were going to call the podcast In the Data Room, but then having sanity checked it with our two sisters, um, (laughs) realised that most people actually don't know what a data room is and that this actually kind of then defeated the purpose full stop of our podcast trying to basically break down barriers and not be absolute dicks. Uh, So Data Room back in the day was actually literally a room um, and it essentially is full of all the information in a company um, which is set up so that any investor, whether it's in a capital raise or an M&A transaction, you know, investors or potential bidders can come in and review the information of the company that's either being invested in or being sold. And this is part of the due diligence process. Due diligence. Subtitles on. Due diligence just refers to the investigation by the investor on the company. Typically, it refers to reviewing the commercials, the legals, and the financials prior to investing. 
So back in the day, it used to be in a room. People used to get locked into it. And you'd have lawyers, you know, going over and all the different documents and so on writing down. These days in the modern age of technology, it's it's moved online. Now there's a, a number of different providers and, you know, even using Google Drive is acceptable, Dropbox. Um, there's also paid service providers. So an, an Australian version is, I think, Ansarada, the Dockyard. Um, then there's overseas ones, Intralinks, etc. In a capital raise, the amount of information that will be expected to, put, to be put in a data room will really depend on what round you're up to. Obviously, early on, so in your seed round, there's going to be limited information that the company's actually produced by that stage. And so the amount of information that the investor will expect to see to be able to invest on is going to be quite small. But the important thing, I think, for each of you to understand is that there is going to be a level of due diligence done by any investor at every stage of your company. And so actually having it as part of your strategy as a company to be keeping proper records and keeping them in a form that either can easily be migrated into a data room is something which I think is going to save time and energy. So if we just quickly run through, Fee, some of the things that typically you're going to be asked to contact, like in your, your data room. So there's obviously the pitch deck, which you've chatted about. Yeah, the other kind of typical documents you would expect to see in a data room are your company documents. And when I say company documents, I mean things like your constitution, um, your cap table. Cap table, subtitles on a cap table or capitalization table is just a spreadsheet that sets out the number of shares each shareholder holds along with their overall percentage. Mm. your shareholders agreement if you've got one um things like board minutes or shareholder minutes yeah um then there's almost always a financials folder yeah now that kind of stuff is really very much depending on where you are in in your business life cycle as to whether you've got you know just quarterly accounts or management accounts or just a profit and loss statement or a forecast yeah Um, The only thing I would flag with forecasts is you want to be super careful about what you've got in a forecast because um, what you're then showing an investor there is this is what you think is going to happen and they're going to rely on those forecasts. Now, our job, of course, is to do our best to exclude any um, (laughs) uh, reliance on things like that. But it is just important to be careful about, again, as I said, having that really reasonable basis you've thought through what's going to be going in there. And then I guess, I mean, some other things which may or may not, depending on where you are in the life cycle. Um, so you might have like market research studies and and stuff, the commercial aspect of your business. So sales, marketing, um, maybe some of the stuff around your IP, technology, uh, hardware list, any software you either own or develop, stuff around product. Um, if you've done any past raises, you might put information around that. Um And the other thing is probably a term sheet. So, again, we'll talk about this in future weeks in terms of, you know, strategy around, you know, when when's the right time to put forward terms or to wait for an investor to give you terms. And so term sheet basically is just the terms on which you are willing to accept that investment from the investor. So the things that you would have in there is, you know, what's your pre-money valuation? 
how much equity are you giving away in this raise? How much would you be expecting people to pay per share? You might have a short description of, you know, shareholder agreement type terms. And often term sheets are non-binding. They're meant to be a short form version of the documents that you're going to enter into after you negotiate. So let's talk about the documents that are typically entered into as part of a raise. Do it. Big asterisks here because we will actually spend some time properly talking about each of them. Each of them. Um, but if we just talk high level, I guess what you know in first raise, what would you, what would an investor expect to be the legals put together? Yeah. So there's that term sheet that we've already flagged as kind of your first document that just throws out to investors to say, this is what I'm thinking about um, offering up. So it isn't necessary to have a term sheet. Um, Sometimes you can go straight to full form agreements, but the biggest advantage of getting a term sheet um, out of the way is that you can agree some high-level terms up front, and it means that there's less negotiations, less legal fees um, down the road when you're starting to get through the um, subscription agreements. A subscription agreement is just as it sounds. Basically, it's an agreement that the investor signs with the company agreeing to subscribe for the shares in the company. The other documents that you might see in a capital raise is a either an amendment to the shareholders agreement if you've already got one, or actually just a new shareholders agreement. Um, a lot of the time when you've got external third-party investors like angel investors or your VCs, they'll often have their own shareholders agreement that they'll just put to you. At the very least, they'll certainly be um, looking at the one that you've already got in place and making their own suggestions. You may also see um, your IP assignment deeds is a big one. So um, one of the things that you want to make sure you get an order is that the intellectual property is transferred into the company. And we talked about that in our last episode. Investors certainly will want to see that the founders, at the very least, have transferred their IP into the company. Another one is employment agreements. Yeah. And so there, I guess, typically what you would say is those agreements, so the IP assignment and the employment agreements only required to be entered into in a raise if they've not already been entered into. So as sometimes as part of due diligence, you know, investor will say, hold on. We haven't seen anything in the data room that says that the IP has actually correctly been assigned to the company. So as a condition of our investment, we want you to enter into those agreements. Exactly. Okay. So fee. We've gone through really what the investment process looks like. And as I said, when I introduced, this process can really think of this as being replicated through raises, any M&A you do. What then are the key things to think about? Having understood all of that, if you are now doing your first raise, if you're about to do your seed, what are the things that you should start to think about? I think top, um, I don't know, four things to think about in your mind if you're ready to raise is one, does your company hold the intellectual property? Um, Two, how are you engaged and how are your employees engaged? Um, Do you have contractor agreements in place or do you have employment agreements in place? Um, The other one is how are your third parties engaged? So if you're working with partners or you have customers or you have suppliers, are there contracts in place? 
again, they can be short form, but do you have something to evidence um, that there isn't a relationship there? Mm. Um, and then the other one is more of a commercial one. Mm-hmm. Is your product or service ready? Is it marketable? And I'm not, I, I don't mean um, it has to be, you know, on the shelves or does it have to be ready to go? What I mean is if it's, if you are pre-revenue, for example, um, and when I say pre-revenue, that's just before you've sold anything. Um, do you have a business plan as to getting that product or service to market? So to me, those are the types of things that you want to make sure you you have ready before you raise or before you decide to sell your company um, that you have in order. The other takeaway was uh, one that you already mentioned earlier, G, is when you are get, going through that process of trying to pull that you know, together and getting your house in order, what we like to say, start putting it in a nice, clean um, document management system. And by that, it can, mean, it can be Dropbox. But that's your basis of your data room. Mm. So start getting it nice and clean and in order right away, really. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. If you've got any questions, you know where to reach us on the website, subtitleson.com or our Instagram or our emails. And seriously, guys, we'd love to hear if you've got any questions, if there's any topics you'd like us to talk about, um, let us know. Thanks for listening. Cool. See ya. Bye.